0: All right, guys, before we get started today, we have a very special guest in Launchpad, friend of the show, Steve Prince. We'll be talking to him about Monster Matador and some Kaiju shit. But before we get started, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, LaunchpadPod.com. Now let's get on with the show.
1: Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four,
0: three, two, one, zero. All we have a All right, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. Matt. We have a guest in the Launchpad. It's a friend of the show, comic book artist, writer.
2: Nerd. <laughs> nerd. <laughs>
0: Steve, not to be confused with the artist formerly known as <laughs> Prince. Welcome to the show, man.
2: <laughs> well played. That's a good intro. Have you ever gotten that intro before?
0: I, I haven't. I'm used to like the fresh
1: print of something, you know. So, so that's you're uh, not that you're you know, you're,
2: you're not that fresh. From what I understand, you're, you you <laughs> used to be pretty fresh. I'm not. But. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys know Steve. If you don't know him from some of the books that he does, Steve is the I'm going to say creator and certainly the artist and and main writer for our book Destroyer. Destroyer. We've taken a slight sabbatical from <laughs> yeah. because we have some amazing shit coming down the pike, yeah. and we really had to like work hard on it.
1: You, you know, you know, I was, I was thinking about it. I mean, I, you, we talk about it a lot. It's it was interesting when when we started that. It was that book. It was going on momentum, and what happened was I had another kid. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I, I had my first kid. I get it.
1: And I I lost the momentum, and it kind of like now every time I sit down to do it, I'm like, well it's weird, you know, when you're creating something and you just have the momentum of creating it and then you stop and you, and you take a little break, you come back to it. And I've had this kind of like, you're
2: talking about kids, right? Having your first born then taking yeah, a break first, and having yeah, a yeah, second yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> because, because we just had the first born, boom, 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 boom. And then, <laughs> but you know, I, I think every time we talk about it, Matt, I've got like a new idea of how I want to
2: And we talk about it pretty often because you come to Shitty Movie Sunday, we see each other.
1: And I've got a bunch of pages that are done. I've got a bunch of stuff that's done. We just haven't put it out yet. But I'd like to hopefully get it out there sooner than later because I love the concept and and I love the genre we created, uh, ginger trash.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm going to say like it's a line, but I'm going to say that like the next two story arcs that we've been working on. Yeah. We're really excited about, and they look, I mean, your art is fucking awesome, but yeah. they're pretty cool. So we're, we're, we're not rushing that because we don't want to put out four or five issues that are awesome and then have to wait for the next four or five because right. you're working so hard on it, and right. I'm not really doing anything except yeah. cheerleading you. Yeah,
1: but, the, but, <laughs> but the moral of the story is don't have kids. <laughs> uh,
2: oh, no. <laughs> even that being said, yeah, right. <laughs> Tell Rumi a little too late.
0: Right. I know. Like, I'll drop that news right now. Rumi's having a kid. Our podcast audience does not know this, but uh, my wife's pregnant. Oh, this that's right. This is the yeah. first. Yeah. This is the announcement. Rumi is going to be a daddy. There's two Rumi daddies now. Yeah. And uh, in November, we got a little baby girl coming. So, uh, you know, I'm going to have to raise a monster kid and uh, we'll get some interesting insight from the fathers on the show. You'll have to get her in zombie makeup for a cameo. Oh, that'd be fun, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. Bring her on The Walking Dead. <laughs>
2: That'd be so cool. Well, from from everyone at the Launchpad and all of our, our cadets and, and listeners, dude, congratulations. I've known about it for a Thanks, little man. while and kept it kept it quiet, but I'm actually recording this on Father's Day, so it's actually an apt time to to pop this exactly. out and bring this up. So, Rumi, very, very excited for you.
0: Thanks, man. But you were saying, yeah, Steve doesn't just do Destroyer. I mean, uh, that's pretty damn cool, but he does so much more, and one of his big books that has a recent release is monster matador man congrats mm. on that kickstarter by the way big big funding there thank you yeah we're doing we're, we're doing good yeah
2: and i think actually a lot of our audience knows the book but steve why don't you throw like
0: they
1: better know the you out. Should, should name drop it every every show
2: what well, we do like if you look at our social media we do hype your shit <laughs> no, all know, the time I I know, and that we're not even know. getting sponsorship from that <laughs> but I'm throw not... it because it's such a fucking fun concept and it's such a fun book and it, i remember steve when you pitched this to me when we started being friends
1: yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, the the Hollywood line is uh, Bad Max meets Godzilla by way of Santos with a bit of telenovela
0: thrown in there. Oh, you're <laughs> speaking my language. I love Santos, man. Yeah, it's it's
1: basically at its core, thematically, it's about a father who's trying to make a better world for his daughter, and you know, of course, he does it by fighting monsters, and he's a matador, giant, so. giant monsters. Giant, giant, these are giant kaiju monsters. These are not like little incredible hulk dogs from that first Ang Lee movie. You know, these are like actual real real monsters and he does it with his cape and sword. And part of the fun is actually seeing how he's actually able to uh, defeat these things with uh, with just that. So
2: Steve and I have been friends for, I don't even know how many, but for years now. And it was definitely, I think we've told the story numerous times before about how like we met each other <laughs> through mutual friends who were like, oh, you'd like each other because you're both nerds. And then like we felt each other as nerds and he was one of those nerds that was like oh yeah i want
1: to sit next to each other we were
2: like we <laughs> you were want like, now you all you want to do we, is sit next to each other we had
1: him. our wives between us so we didn't have to talk to each other that first time
2: <laughs> cuz i was like he you was wearing a batman shirt to a fucking concert i was like what a dork <laughs> but he was like i remember like after first couple times we we saw each other you gave me a handful of books and you're like yeah i write comics i draw comics mm-hmm. and that's something is like especially fucking living in los angeles Everybody is a some sort of creative, right? Everyone has Everybody something then. to show you and tell you. So right. you gave that to me, and I was like, I'll certainly read it and look into it, but I didn't think much of it at the time. And right. you gave me a couple different books. There's a couple books, and you gave me a couple stuff digitally as well. And like, there was some that I liked, there was some that wasn't really my cup of tea. But I remember you like explaining Monster Matador to me, and you're like, yeah, it's a Matador who kills these like giant kaiju monsters. And I was like, that could be pretty awesome. Yeah. And then when I finally read the first couple issues, whatever, I don't know if they were the chronological first issues when you gave them to me, but when you gave me the first couple issues, I was sold. And yeah. your style, your artistic style is good. Your writing is really fun. If you guys haven't checked it out, um, you'll drop all the social media stuff, but you guys should check it out. But... You have something specific that is 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 work working right now, right? You just you're we're actually in the middle of a Kickstarter still. Right?
1: We're we're in the middle of the Kickstarter. It's called Monster Matador Tangle of the Matadors, and I'm basically doing the Hellboy model on this, which is basically dropping mini series at a time rather than mm-hmm. ongoing series, and everything is designed to be reader friendly. You know, at the end of the day, it's about a matador fighting monsters. You know. Right, and that's right. And that's, and that's all you have to know. And we've got a brand new artist on this thing. His name is Fabio Alves. He's done a book called Banjax with Rylan Grant, who I, I think you guys have had. Yeah, on the show. we've
0: talked about Banjax. Yeah, before. and he's actually yeah.
2: coming to talk about Banjax, which is an awesome book. And in right. part because of of Alves's art, it looks really awesome.
1: Yeah, and Fabio, it's it's taken Monster Matador. It's it's a whole it's a whole new book. It's a whole new uh, experience. The artist is very cinematic. In a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and it's just it's just i don't even know what to say it's just so good it makes me look much better than i probably am
2: agreed
0: (laughs) (laughs) i have to ask how does it feel like because normally you do all the work. You draw every page, you're coloring every page, you write every page. So how does it feel to just focus on one aspect of the storytelling? Does it give you more time to focus on story or how does that how does that work for you now? Yeah, it's it's kind of a relief. You know, in the beginning it's kind
1: of weird because I, you know, when you're so used to doing it, it's it's kind of like you're like giving someone else your you know, you're giving your baby to someone to babysit. Like my art is a little more cartoonier than Fabio's and I tend to lean hard into like slapstick a little and comedy and things like that and with fabio like my approach changed because his stuff is is a little more cinematic it's a lot more realistic and the comedy's still there but you find yourself like writing to your artist's strengths you know and fabio mm. fabio he loves horror he's a big horror guy so this one it's there's a lot more creepiness to it the thing that they fight is this giant we call it the volagante and it's this giant basically a fly that's like the size of Mothra with a skull on its head. And it's got thousands and thousands of little children that attack them that are, you know, the size of human beings. So it's this just crazy, crazy battle. And Bobby actually just did a page for issue number two where we get into the um, the monster's lair. And it's, it's just the creepiest little thing that it's inspired by aliens a little bit. But it's, it's interesting working with another artist because he'll add stuff to it that isn't necessarily in the scripts, but adds, you know, it makes it better you know a lot of times when i would do it myself you write and then you do thumbnails and then you draw and as you see drawings you start to change things around because sometimes what works like you know in film Aaron and Matt but sometimes what works in a script doesn't necessarily when you start to see it on film it doesn't necessarily translate as as you think it would so you start to make little changes and fabio has been really great at making those like little those little tweaks that just like make everything better so He's been, he's been great to work with.
0: That must be awesome is when you get a page, like you send him the written words and then he's like, okay, i send you a page back. And like, that must be like Christmas, man. You're like,
1: whoa, that's my idea. Yeah. It's, Come to it's, life. It's amazing. You know, when he first started the book, I knew him from Ryland and I knew, I mean, I knew, I knew what he was capable of. Ryland's uh, scripts, because I've read them are really, really dense. And I remember reading uh, his script for Banjax and one of the comments I had to Ryland was, I hope your artists could pull this off because like there aren't many people that can do this and we you know with clarity and whatever, you know, and Fabio did it. I mean, he did an amazing job on Banjax. And when we did monster matador, I just gave him the script. I said, look, I don't want to waste time. Just go, just, you know, hit the ground running and do it. And the first page he gave back, it was like, it was like seeing what I saw in my head, you know? Oh, nice. And he, put, You know what I mean? Cause I, I can't draw that like he does, but that's like, If I were able to draw it like he could, you know, that's, that's what it would look like. That's what the matador would look like. So it's, it is, it's like every time I get a page, I'm just, I'm just blown away by just how awesome it is and how he's, he brings that, he brings those words to life. So I'm actually liking it a lot more than doing it myself.
2: Hit us with the premise because this is Tango of the Matadors, which is, is it's it's not, like you said, it's, it's its own, it's its own mini. So what, what is this? What can you tell us about plot in comparison to like normal matador?
1: the end of the day it's sort of like it's kind of a monster of the week thing because every story he's got to go and fight a monster but i like to kind of change things around because otherwise it gets it gets boring so you kind of throw different things into the mix and because uh tango the matadors is kind of our first real kind of like mainstream and it's kind of going to a wider audience and it's a kickstarter i really wanted it to be reader friendly but i didn't want to fill the book with exposition. I wanted to do like a hard, Mm. you know, fast moving action book. And one of the ways I figured I could do that was to to throw an 80s reference in there, a car to his kit, right? Mm. (laughs) So you actually learn about the Matadors character as you see how both of these guys react to the situation, how how they react to the people around them and how they kind of approach things. And I thought that was kind of a cool way to get the audience into the world and to really understand the character without having to kind of do a bunch of exposition about like, hey, this is the Matador and blah, 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 blah. So you're able to just hit the ground running. This second Matador is uh, an old colleague of his back from before the monsters of his Matador days. He's kind of a dick, as you kind of see off the bat. As the story goes on, you know, the title is Tangled Matador. so... I don't know that I'm giving too much away, but yeah, there's, there, there's a lot of nice little twists in there of how things unfold and, and, um, how the, how, how the book climaxes. So.
2: It's cool. You have like a cool unforgiven slash like 310 to Yuma vibe where you have Mm -hmm. a, I won't give too many details, but there's a couple characters. You said the main two, you know, the the two main matadors and they have a history and you're doing a great, I've read the first issue. You're doing a a great job in the first issue of, like you said, giving exposition through the second matador and then there's some other characters too that just kind of fill out this group of defenders and they're right. talking about old times their different level of experiences yeah. you could see like you said there's different things we further down the line you're like i bet you those two characters get each other's backs and you're like i bet you that character has a problem with that it's i mean i'm very excited to see where it goes like i i know a little bit because you've told me but i'm excited to see where we go here
0: something i like you said that you're doing these mini series because i have a tough time with like ongoing series. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's like, I, I don't have enough long boxes to keep all the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really like collecting, you know, trade paperbacks and collected pieces. So you read the story, you have the experience. And then if you don't get another one, you still had a good experience.
2: It's self-contained. It's its own thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I love that self-contained aspect. And part of it,
1: part of the fun too, is it allows you like, you know, like I was talking about Hellboy, it allows you to jump around in the timeline,
0: you know? Yes. Yes. Very cool.
1: Because to me, it's like I've got all these ideas of him going to China and fighting a monster, you know, uh, Japan or whatever. Like one of the things about a lot of post-apocalyptic stuff, and especially because it's a movie, you know, a lot of this stuff takes place in movies and the limitations of film is that you're kind of stuck in one area. You know, you don't really get outside of that. And I think part of the fun is with this is is him going to other places. So like the next one, which is a subplot in this, is he's going to go to South Africa. And he's going to fight this uh, kind of zombie monster sort of thing. Nice. So I I have like a nice little twist on zombies. And part of it too is you take kind of like local myths. And those kind of influence the monsters that he's going to face in those places. So yeah, it's a lot of
0: fun. Well, I guess that that brings me to my next question is when you're coming up with monsters for the matador to fight the kaijus, like you said, your approach, you come to... Local myths and then make them big. Like, what do you look for for a good monster, Matador monster? To me, it's kind of like
1: I you know. A lot of times, because I'm art, I start with visuals. The monsters I do are a little quirky, sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. So I try to add like a quirkiness to it. I try to I, I try to find like an angle that's a little bit different than what you've usually seen. So, for instance, with the one entangled of Olegante, I brought up Mothra uh, a bit ago, and Mothra. It's kind of just it's just mothra right but in this case you've got basically mothra but you've also got like thousands of mothra's children you yeah know? so you're trying to find like new angles and way to mix it up a bit so that it's something even though it's something familiar you're bringing something kind of fresh to it and something new to it that that people may not have have necessarily seen before
0: i like that that's fun and i also like
1: to add little quirky like the skull on her head you know like it's kind of like a glowing translucent pattern on her forehead that's a skull we just add like little bits and pieces that make them a little unique and a little more like recognizable as like being part of like, you know, the monster matador universe. They've got uh, these little uh, quirks to them.
0: Yeah. That's what brings it into the comic book world. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, Matt and I, we brought you on today cause we wanted to talk about monster matador and let you talk to other people about that. But we wanted to come up with some fun kaiju style monsters that perhaps the matador could fight or, any movie that we would want to see, we wanted yeah. to talk kaiju monsters because, you know, Godzilla's fought right. tons of right. monsters, hundreds of monsters. And they kind of have the corner on the market. They and do, yeah. And I feel, I feel like, you know, America doesn't ever get to to make their stamp on the kaiju right. genre. I mean, we did get Pacific Rim and those monsters were fun. They were pretty cool looking when you could see them in the daylight.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you, you said it and I didn't have to jump in there and say that. <laughs>
0: just wanted to cut you off the thing about the pacific
1: rim ones they were cool but they weren't defined in a way that like you know with godzilla it's godzilla mm-hmm. you know who they are whereas the pacific rim monsters are just kind of like they look awesome but they're just monsters i couldn't tell you who to you know
0: they're interchangeable yeah
2: right there was no there was no personality Daylight yeah.
1: or nighttime i couldn't tell you who it was you know so that's, that's yeah, like no. one of the things with like Matador is like every monster has a kind of like a name or a kind of a thing that people call it because I I think that's part of the cool part about Godzilla is that like you get to actually know the monsters and then you become attached to like who your favorite one is or whatever.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I think like the sort of the, the power ranger type shows that fought giant monsters, they did a great job of making these really unique cartoon character Mm -hmm. monsters that had, you know, like the squid monster. You you knew what they were about because of what they were. Mm -hmm. They weren't interchangeable in the sense of, of what they're, Characters were right. what their powers were. So let's dive into this. Mad, do you have a fun kaiju monster you want to pitch? I just want to throw something out. I'm not paying you guys royalties if I use them.
2: Ah, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, nice. That's okay. Given how we've done the schedule of Destroyer, we're going to be fucking in our 80s by the time you get to this book. So I'm not worried about it. <laughs> that's fair though, and I guess that's that's fine. Ditto then.
1: I'll, I'll give you credit.
2: <laughs> I was trying to think of a of a creature that would be like design wise that would just look cool and i just think given how they did mothra and rodan in the newest godzilla movie Mm -hmm. king of the monsters i would love to see a giant bat like it wouldn't be exactly the bat that you and i know you know what i'm thinking this is literally what i'm thinking i just realized it just now the the cover from meatloaf's Bat out of hell too back in yes. hell- oh, that, yes. the house. That that's no joke. While I was thinking of this yesterday and, and coming up with this 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 kind of plan, that's what was in my head, but I didn't realize that was the design I'm thinking of. So I'm thinking there's a giant bat. It's similar like to Mothra, where it lives in a less quote unquote civilized part of the world. People pray to it. It's oh, it's kind okay. of like their their token icon. I'm thinking that it's like on a hill with this like old temple, Mm -hmm. but the temple is gothic. You know what I mean? Like gothic in structure and that's kind of where it lives. And in my mind, these natives pray to it and they sacrifice people to it.
0: Are the natives gothic? Do they have like eye shadow on and, and <laughs> nail polish and wear like Hot yeah, topics? It's just
2: a bunch of teeds. you just a self-involved in shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> One thing you said, which I really like visually, and you talked about how, how I come up with this stuff and approach. I love the idea of like, you know, gothic and native is not something you usually see together, right. you know, but like just kind of thinking about what a native, a native design, you know, native kind of temple structure would look with a gothic influence is actually kind of really cool. You know,
2: it's, it would, I think it would work. Like I couldn't tell you how to do that, but you think about all the staples. Like we've talked to Kelly Jones a bunch of times and he loves, he tells us he loves to draw literally Gotham, the city of Gotham, because of all the different things that make that architecture. It's like you said, you think about how that would be on the side of like a stone temple or on the side of a stone cliff, you know,
1: I'm glad I came up with that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: if you've ever seen the the anime on netflix castlevania you should it's freaking amazing really violent really cool looking but it's great yeah dracula has a castle that teleports and i think part of where this indigenous gothic temple could come from is they either saw a vampire's castle appear Mm. or whatever the the, the portal was for this. They saw it and tried to recreate it. So it does have this juxtaposition or it landed there as like, you know, teleported teleporting right, yeah, castle yeah, 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 landed yeah. there and they built up around it. Cause yeah. they're like, yo, this is our place. That would be cool. a cool
2: thing to reveal at the end of this movie or story yeah. that would feed into a sequel slash even a prequel if you wanted to. Yeah. But I just have the idea, like that's the Mothra of their culture. Like every time you see Mothra in his or her rightful home, they're always praying to her and shit. And the little girls are singing and they're worried about her egg I feel like the same thing would be true with this bat yeah and they sacrifice to keep the bat happy because Ooh. and then as the the plot progresses in my mind foreigners who are probably stupid white people come <laughs> to the island and start whiting everything up
0: hey you guys want some mayonnaise
2: yeah they're like uh you just you just fucking killed that girl and they're like yeah because the fucking bat wanted us to kill her and they're like oh you can't just kill people they're like dude we used to not kill people. We're and then white, the bat, bat would come. Yeah, kill anybody we want. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we're allowed to. You guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you can't kill you, but we can <laughs> yeah, kill yeah. you. But they're like, no, historically, if we don't do sacrifices, the bat comes down from the temple and just right. snatches people all night. So the white people, or the foreigners, but the white people try to like <laughs> start whiting up the culture by stopping these sacrifices because they view it as morally wrong. Right. And that angers the bat. And the vet, the bat just fucking weighs laced to this village, and they have to start yeah. fighting. And then I'm, I think the ending could be, I'm not totally sure, but I again, this is another thing that I'm taking kind of from King of the Monsters. But that Rodan jet plane dogfight, I would just love to see a bat doing, and but I would just make it like twenty minute long. And that's how it would end, whether the bat was victorious or the planes. The bat doesn't have to be killed in any sort of special ritual way.
1: I just think it would be super cool. It's 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 a good thing I'm the writer here. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, I actually kind of like the idea, and you know, I'm, I'm actually liking this, and I actually like the idea because, like I said, I like to do like little twists on the things. I like the idea of the natives actually protecting and fighting for the bat. Like the matador comes in and is like. Hey, I'm here to kill this monster. They're like, no, you're not gonna kill this monster. This is our God. Cause that that's a great conflict there, you know?
2: And then you know yeah. actually to piggyback piggyback off that, if that happens about halfway th- that conversation slash plot point happens halfway through the movie, then they see the bat is actually the protector because another creature or, or or another thing, an antagonistic thing comes into the village and they see that that's why the bat is important to their culture because right. the bat is protecting them from right. the whatever it would be.
0: Dang, that's cool.
2: I like that a lot. I just think the fucking bat design would be so cool. I, I know. I like bats, I guess.
0: <laughs> I also like the idea of, you know, when, when you do the, the sacrifices, you always need something really cool. And if you have this elaborate device that like juices people, so the blood like runs down yeah. funnels of the temple and then, you know, you, you, you cut to underground, the bats just like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and getting like a shower of blood.
2: Oh, I didn't even think of the ceremony. But you know what <laughs> I love too? I love in all the old King Kong movies and also King Kong ripoffs. There's almost always some sort of tribal King Kong dance number. Yeah the natives have on like wooden king kong masks yeah as a kid i used to love that because that was like a great tease of what was coming and i would have the same shit here you have tribal people with like bat masks and and bat wings you know made of grass skirts and shit oh that'd be so cool (laughs) (laughs) i'm
0: I'm on board i'm on board do you have a name for this creature man uh
2: yes batman (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <and guang? laughs> uh, no, I don't. Bat out of hell, bad out of, back into hell too.
1: For those of you listening, because we're actually zooming right now, just so you know, Matt is actually wearing a, uh, a straw dress.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is unrelated uh, as, it, as it stands. Unrelated to this pitch. Right? <laughs> Maybe call it something. The bat has a name, like, you know, a, a proper noun name.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah,
2: And that could be the name of it. So, like... Kent? <laughs> <laughs> No, because I don't think there's no, if I could sacrifice something to calm that kid down, I would. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker was up at three o'clock the last three or four nights. It's Uh, like, uh, I would easily kill a virgin if it meant I could get six hours of goddamn sleep. (laughs) Oh my God.
0: (laughs) Oh man. Well, Steve, you got one or uh, should I go? Go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. Okay. I got a good one. Okay. So this is something that's never been done before, but it's Mm. one of the most dangerous animals to humans. Mm. So these people are on a cruise in a distant jungle land and they find this adorable, gigantic hippo. (laughs) And it's like a baby and it's like friendly and they like it and they're like, cool. And they take it. They're like, we're going to take it back to the United States. Why not? Because we're idiots. so they take the hippo back to the United States. And I don't know if you guys know this, but hippos are highly territorial and mm-hmm. highly protective of their young. Yeah, yeah. So they have the baby hippo back. He's romping around, having a good time. He's cute as fuck. Everybody's petting him. Everybody's coming to see him. He's like a little celebrity. This guy's on like Instagram account, or whatever. And then suddenly, boom, boom you know, you get that, that Jurassic Park water shake moment. And it's a giant kaiju size fucking hippo. And they thought this baby hippo was cute, but this thing is massive and it's ugly with gnarly teeth. And it is just crushing buildings with its ass. And it's just biting people up by the tons. Like it can pick up a tank and just crush it in its jaws. And like the problem with hippos being monsters is they're adorable. Even when they're ugly and fat and live in the water, they have those funny (laughs) little ears that they wiggle and their little snouts. But like they are monsters. Here's an example. In 2014, a hippo attacked a boat, capsized it, and killed 13 people. Oh. Damn. They are monsters. <laughs> and I just think this gargantuan flubber monster, I think at first would be comical, but then like you'd realize how goddamn dangerous yeah. it is and actually be very afraid of it. I think it could be a pretty interesting monster. They've got a really tough hide, right? Yeah.
2: I think, yeah, I think they're they're a, a, a killing machine,
1: essentially. Yeah. You There's, don't hear a lot about it. He's got to find a way to get, you know, to kind of like
0: kill it. They kill crocodiles or alligators or something, like whatever is around their habitat. Those things come up to him, try and give them shit. Yeah. They're like, boom, snapped in half. Just bit, bite them in half. And I just think it'd be so cool to see this car crushing, like blob monster yeah, yeah. hippo yeah. just ruining things, just walking through buildings. It doesn't give up. You'd be you'd be happy happy like the hippo, the hippopotamus <laughs> they would have
2: to, <laughs> i want a scene where it you know during the rampage of this hippo it
0: just takes a dump cuz that's always the best part of the zoo <laughs> no
2: it's more highbrow than that <laughs> it cuts to the jungle cruise at disney oh, wow. and the guy is talking about like the hippos yeah. and you see the little animatronic ears wiggling and, and he's like, but be careful because they're dangerous. And all of a sudden, Aaron, your hippo comes storming through the park, just picks up the entire ship in its mouth and keeps going. Kids come flying out of the ship as the, the hippo runs off with the boat in his mouth. Can
1: I tell you? So Ugh. we just went on that, you know, I mean, before Disney closed, obviously. And I hadn't been on that probably since I was a kid. It, it's so racist. I was. I was like, oh, my God, how have they not changed this? It's just outright mind-bogglingly racist. I was like, how... Is
2: because that? of all the tribal people?
1: Just, yeah, but but it's yeah, kind of like... Yeah, ooga-booga. The, the tribal <laughs> people are helping the white people get out of the way, and they're all kind of like, you know, the way that they would exaggerate the expressions in the 30s that are, you know... The oh, yeah, that's true. That yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that is now obviously, you know, seen and rightfully so as, as being racist or whatever. It's, it's amazing to me that that's still like... So, so
2: no that's gonna be an easter egg in aaron's hippo movie yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would watch that movie though aaron that would be that would you do you have a name or anything like that
1: hungry hungry hippo <laughs> yeah. Hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs>
2: how could you not right you have to have that joke in there Monster somewhere
1: matador, hungry hungry hippo <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love it I love it. oh that would be funny yeah.
2: there's a scene where they like they have all these white spherical bombs that they roll out to try to get the hippo to eat them <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking
1: yeah yeah
2: <laughs> i mean that's a little on the nose but how awesome
1: <laughs> oh
0: my god and then just pac-man starts eating them up instead and like stop it pac-man don't eat those <laughs> 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 all right man it's your turn steve the one
1: thing that uh, um because I hate them and they make me squeal like spiders make Matt squeal is cockroaches. Ooh. Oh, I'm going to do one with a cockroach. I, I just don't like. you know, it's like it's, it's, it's a way for me to face my fear, I guess. I don't know. But they're just like, yeah, sure. I have this scene where this guy's listening to the song, you know, la cucaracha, la cucaracha. And then he kind of looks mm-hmm. down and there's like a little cockroach. And he steps on it, you know, and then he kind of another one and he steps on it and then another one and more start coming and he just kind of looks up and there's this giant, massive, monster sized cockroach coming over the horizon with, you know, hundreds of thousands of little cockroaches following her. And just swarm.
2: (laughs) It's kind of gross.
1: It it makes my skin crawl even thinking about it, you know, just like (laughs) slimy.
2: And I think that's a very human reaction. Like, I think I really don't like spiders. Yeah. yeah. More so than anything else. And if I, I always say like, if I open my underwear drawer and there was a snake in there, I obviously be surprised and step back. I'd rather find a fucking snake in there than any type of spider. Right. But, not all people are like that with spiders, like Amanda doesn't like spiders, but she doesn't care. I think everybody has that I love spiders ugh, I think there are people who like like cockroaches, but I think the human nature is to recoil from them, yeah just yeah they are they look gross, they look like they would feel gross, they skitter like more so than other bugs or yeah. even spiders. I think as a hu- as a whole, humans really are not down with cockroaches, and I think if you make a movie like what you just described. Most people are going to react to it the way you want. Their skin is going to crawl during that movie for sure. Although here's something that I've talked about. I have a friend of mine, Lauren, who comes to shitty movie and she has the same spider phobia that I do where they would just think they're so fucking gross. Now her and I differ on this opinion. Maybe you feel the same about cockroaches mm-hmm. and Aaron, I want to hear your opinion. The bigger they get, there is a point where it's no longer gross because it's a spider. So if you take a spider and you get to, like, tarantula level, I don't want to see a tarantula, but tarantulas, to me, seem less gross than smaller spiders. And when you get, like, sci-fi channel level, if you had a spider that was the size of a VW bug, I am definitely grossed out, and I am definitely, like, worried about it if it's aggressive and is hurting people, but I'd rather deal with a VW-sized spider than, like, the movie Arachnophobia and my house is covered with little spiders, even if they're not poisonous. Just covered with spiders?
0: Dude, I have I have the the willies so bad right now. I, I <laughs> now look. This is the weirdest thing. I I'm not afraid of spiders, but because I lived with Matt, I have that alarm to spiders now. Like I see them, and you it's caught like caught it from me. It, the thing is, like you see it, and you go, "Oh shit, it's a spider." Because I know that, like, if you were there, you'd be like, "Oh my god!" But now I see, <laughs> and that that alarm passes, and you're like, "Oh, I just got to catch it and put it inside or crush it or whatever." That's a, a weird idea though, that the size changes. Cause to me, there's a medium size where it's like I could hold a tarantula and be like, that's pretty creepy, but that's cool. But then if it got even bigger, I'd be like, oh no, no. That's when I would actually be afraid of it. Yeah. And even if it was like the size of a car. If I was a VW size, horrifying.
2: You're out if it like the size of a car is worse?
0: Yes. That's a giant spider, dude.
2: Oh, no, I'm I'd rather have a car size.
0: Matt, that's a giant spider you're talking about. That's horrifying on any level. <laughs>
2: I would rather see a giant spider like just minding its own business walking down the street than to have, let's say, a hundred spiders of regular size running around my room like regular shit. I don't mean attacking me. I don't mean menacing anybody. Matt,
0: any animal that size, like think of any animal that is the size of a VW bug bears mooses terrifying animals you don't want to be caught alone with them it doesn't matter what they are you don't want to fuck with them not to be tangled with if i saw a spider that big it would not matter animals that size are dangerous and i don't want to fuck with them
2: steve what do you think you you get a cockroach that's you get a cockroach that's regular size and you keep upping it upping it upping it you get a cockroach that's the size of a dog you get a cockroach look at ruby's barfing you get a cockroach the size of a car does it get worse as it gets bigger yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> yes yeah. yeah,
2: guys what do you think because everybody listening listeners what do you guys think because i'm in the, i'm i am the opposite
1: but here, here's the thing to matt's point i i don't know about you know a spider the size of a car i mean i i, I don't know I, I mean i don't know that i would pet it and i like spiders but um hallie you know my <laughs> wife who is like you who is like deathly afraid of spiders every time there's a spider in the house she's like screams and she's got my kids screaming now every time they see a spider <laughs> and, and daddy, daddy, come kill the spider. You know? And, and I, and, and I, I feel every time I have to do it, I apologize. and say I'm sorry. I have to do this, but it's my wife, you know? So I'm like, when you guys uprise, don't blame me, you know, like go for them, <laughs> but it's not me. We had seen, uh, uh, I forgot where we were, a zoo or something that had like a tarantula, like petting thing or something like that. And she just walked up to the tarantula and was like, pet it and
2: <gasps> it ask her if she's like me, where it gets to a certain yeah, point like and it's the like smaller that, ones that are like, scarier. Yeah, yeah,
1: she was like, "That's fine." In, in a and I guess probably in kind of like an environment where it's kind of like contained. Yeah, it's it's
2: the spider's environment and it's
1: controlled, yeah, right? It's not it's like she was like, fucking yeah, doing like, laundry like and it came out of the machine. But when you're getting to like giant, like kaiju size or just giant, I mean, there's no such thing as a controlled environment. You know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah, fair enough. <laughs>
1: Where does the 800 pound spider sit anywhere it wants? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, just could you imagine the webs coming out of its ass, you know, just like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I gross. Yeah. All of it's gross. I'm not going to like a spider of any size, but um, I would, ab- I would be better able to handle a, b- a bigger one. But I the think. things
1: about spiders that a lot of people don't understand is that they're actually just, they're shy.
2: Now I'm imagining like a, a spider holding up two of its legs in front of its mouth and being like
1: <laughs> No but it is like you know tarantulas Tarantulas when they attack or whatever it's because they're scared it's not because they want to Sure attack. yeah yeah yeah. You know, it's be- like a lot of it's like a lot of animals. Cockroaches are just fucking evil though. You know
0: those, <laughs> yes. they're just there to like just. I have a problem here in Georgia with them. If I see one yeah. and I'm like you know what you're on, you're on your space I'm in my space. If I let him live he ends up in my bed no fail they end up in your food in your bed whatever i mean what kind of of creature is just filled with slime like there's nothing inside (laughs) it's slime slime that smells yeah i mean what the fuck is that oops Oops, let's try again (laughs) you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) but i'm gonna leave this one here just to fuck with people you know
0: yeah and, um, and, it, and it leaves the slime and other ones show up yeah, to it. They're like, ooh, yeah, ooh yeah. let's oh, smell, smell Bert's smell. dead body. Yeah, spiders, don't, <laughs> spiders don't smell.
2: In Steve's cockroach movie or book or whatever, that has to be a line like what you just said of what kind of creature is just filled with goo. <laughs> right. And then you like you plant that, that's like the Chekhov's gun line in the middle. Then right. at the end, when they finally squish or kill the cockroach, Kaboom. it's just fucking goo everywhere. And then yeah. you, you, you call back to that line.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think you should have multiple tiers. Like at first, you find pretty big cockroaches, and you squish them, and it's the gross goo, and that calls bigger Even ones bigger and bigger ones. bigger ones. Oh yeah, yeah. Until yeah. you get to the giant and then the size goo one, forms oh. into a giant goo
1: cockroach or
0: something. Oh, no, <laughs> Ugh. A oh, that smell.
1: I'm gonna have nightmares tonight. <laughs> I've never smelled
2: a cockroach. I know that they smell each other, but I didn't realize that we could. I think there's a type of cockroach that specifically smells, but I didn't realize you could squish you them might, and smell you, them. You,
1: you might have like a gene or something like that that's turned off or an enzyme that's missing.
2: Yeah, I was going to say somewhere there's a, <laughs> there's a, po- a cockroach podcast where two cockroaches are talking about how gross gingers right, are yeah. and like gingers would be a gross movie
1: <laughs> <laughs> all those all those dots all those dots all over that yeah
2: <laughs> yeah maybe that's why i don't have as many experiences as cockroaches because right. they stay away from right, me yeah. Like, yeah you smell that redhead gross <laughs> <laughs> uh we have a, a name for the creature or for the movie or anything steve it's goo (laughs) filled with goo it's
1: just a fucking just cockroach sounds like horrific you know it's like you couldn't you couldn't name anything more horrific than just saying cock. i mean cock and roach like what the fuck dude like
0: you know (laughs) oh it's horrible yeah that's a good one man because cockroaches are gross have you seen the nest yeah great 80s that's a good
2: one yeah Yeah. yeah, that's a really
0: good one. one they're gross oh that and that, that one makes you creeped out too. Yeah. Definitely, cockroaches were harmed in the making yeah, of that yeah. movie, which is, which is which is
1: okay. And I, I don't even know that you could get away with that today, which I don't understand why. But you know, no, the it,
2: cockroach union wouldn't allow that. No, yeah, and
1: it's but it's actually you're doing a service to the world. They should make more movies like that, just to kind of just, you know, <laughs> where, where to get rid of them.
0: Oh, Matt, you got another one?
2: I do. I have two more, and I got to tell you, I like these to me personally even more than the bat. I'm going to need help with both of them though. Okay. There is a mythical fi- a mythological figure who is b- based on a real person that I think was literally like one of the best tall tales. Paul Bunyan. Okay. You guys are familiar with the gist of Paul Bunyan? He's a lumberjack.
1: Not in kindergarten anymore.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a real lumberjack. It was a real person that lived in the late 1800s. He had a
0: and, blue uh, ox buddy. Babe
2: he was a big guy and stories probably just evolved about him that he was gi- he became giant in these stories. And he was known for doing things around America like clearing a forest that made an entire state into like farmland. One of the most famous was he used to have a big giant axe. Where he got an axe that was his size, I don't know. But he was dragging the axe behind him and the channel that the axe dug in the ground... Became the the Grand
0: Canyon. You know, you know why he dropped the axe, right? It's that when Babe died, he was so sad, and he dropped the axe on the ground, dragged it behind him because he was so sad. Is that true? Yeah.
2: Oh, I didn't know that part.
0: I am still in kindergarten.
2: Ba- <laughs> Babe is his big blue ox that also he must have got it from the same store as the axe, where it's it's proportionate to him. But I love the idea that that's a thing. I know that there, I think there actually has been a couple horror movies like sci-fi asylum type movies that have been made about him. I'm sure they're terrible. Um, what are you
0: talking? An asylum movie? Terrible. What are you talking about? Wait, this is your concept. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. No, my concept is to make this awesome. Yeah. So you have him. <laughs> there was a story I read. Don't hate on Paul Bunyan. There's a story I read that said the British Navy had to fire seven hours worth of cannon shots to wake him. So in my mind, the movie starts with a completely different creature, a completely different kaiju, and the British Navy, or any sort of Navy, I guess, is fighting, shooting this fucking monster, and it awakens Paul Bunyan, who gets up and just fucking... With his axe, his giant axe. So
1: so basically, the movie, you've got seven hours of cannons firing, and then the last two (laughs) minutes...
2: That's just the first act. That's the first act. And I would love, what I would do is I would have it so that he eventually, like, I would come up with some of the best mythos of him. The things like, he created a river, he right. drank this. Right. I would have that shit be the result of fighting other kaijus.
1: How do you not have an agent?
2: Fucking awesome, right? And this is just the shit I'm telling you guys. You know how many, like, sh- like you know how many great ideas I had on my run this morning? I ran for a half hour. I, inve- I invent stuff. I think this would be cool as shit. And then you don't call attention to the fact that he made the Grand Canyon. You just show him fighting and dragging the axe in the middle of a fight. And he makes the Grand Canyon in that. You don't be like, look, that's the Grand Canyon. Um, I think it would be super cool. And then in the middle of the movie, he starts having trouble fighting one thing. And out of nowhere, you hear, brum, 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 brum. And then this giant badass blue ox comes out of nowhere and just (laughs) slams into whatever creature he's fighting. And you're like, oh, that's... That's a pretty good. Got my back and now, save
0: Is he? Does he look like he does in the mist? Like, does he have a big old plaid shirt, or is he like a monstrous ogreish giant?
2: I believe the asylum. There's one asylum movie specifically that I'm thinking of, and he's an ogre. I would make him a human, or at least like human esque, or like almost like a troll or something. But I'm open to uh, if you're producing, I'm open to other <laughs> ideas.
0: I could see him <laughs> as like an Attack on Titan kind of guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so like human-esque, humanoid, and looks like a human, but not necessarily human.
0: Now, in the downtime between kaiju battles, like he defeats a big monster that's terrorizing an area of the United States. And then is he basically like, I'm fucking king now. You woke me up. I killed this thing. Bring me food and keep bringing it until we're done. In the mist, he used to be able to eat like a thousand flapjacks and shit like that. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and he would drink 20 barrels of syrup with them. <laughs> and like, I think it would just be funny just everybody trying to bring tribute to this thing so he doesn't fuck up their town next. I would love there to be that kid
2: who always like befriends Godzilla, whether he actually is his friend or uh, just like <laughs> thinks he's his friend. So I would love to see like, Paul Bunyan vanquishes some creature and it's gonna be you, Rumi. Little Rumi runs up and he's looking at Paul Bunyan and he's yelling and then you have that shot of the monster, Paul Bunyan, looking towards the kid and it's not clear that he understands him but he's like cool with it and then Paul Bunyan Breaks this mountain down, and just this entire fucking tidal wave comes and floods the entire valley, including the kid. And now he's made the Mississippi River or something. You know, I'd love that, that the kid just gets swept away. It's like you're not on my radar, kid. Not only you're not even a full size human, let alone something that I would look
0: at that's the best part because whenever I watch Godzilla movies and the little kids like Godzilla, we're friends, right? I'm hoping that's what happens, but yeah. no, he stays friends the whole time. And I love that you like make when me he fries think- that
2: guy in the building.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. You make me think that, that this is yeah. what, where you're going with it. And then suddenly you take care of that situation real fast.
2: Yeah. Or you just have like, I would love to see here's, here's my, here's my shot, right? The shot is an over, over the shoulder of the kid. And you're looking, it's a, it's a, a an upward, like almost like a 60 degree angle over the kid's shoulder looking at Paul Bunyan and Paul Bunyan is looking back over his shoulder at the kid and the kid's like
1: bye Paul Bunyan (laughs) bye
2: and Paul Bunyan starts walking away towards the sunset and the little kid is just waving and all of a sudden a giant hoof at the end of a blue leg just Boom, comes in the foreground. Just The kid is no longer seen. Just the hoof.
0: You want to do the the Bambi versus Godzilla? With the, exactly. With the yes, yes, yes. Over the shoulder of the kid.
2: And then Babe just keeps walking and we don't make a big deal out of it. The kid is just no longer in frame.
0: Oh my gosh. That's The real hysterical.
2: Paul Bunyan was actually killed in 1875 after being hit in the back of the head with a mallet during a brawl at a bar. I don't know how we factor that in, but...
0: They they have to fly a giant mallet. into Someone's got to get a giant
2: mallet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that would be cool as shit. I think the Americana aspect of it sells it. I think that even though there are a couple asylum movies or or shitty movies about it, when was the last time you saw a movie like that? I think that'd be fucking cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm on board. All right. Here's my second one. So this is the tiniest little beast made of carbon. It can survive in space. Nothing can d- destroy it. This is the real creature, the tardigrade or also known as the water bear and these are little <laughs> tiny wrinkle they look like little flesh raisins oh, yeah. yeah they're little yeah. they look like little flesh raisins with these creepy claw mouths mm-hmm. And they have like six sets of arms with like really sharp little claws on it. And imagine if one of those got really big. And at first people are like, look at this big fatty. Again, I'm on like a big fat monster thing. But then he gets real (laughs) buff because he's got metabolism like a motherfucker. And like when he's tiny, it doesn't matter. But when he gets big, he just gets real muscular and turns this giant like six armed tardigrade beast. And he's tearing shit up and you can't kill him. Like they shoot him into space and he swims back doesn't even give a fuck that thing can survive a black hole we're in their world they came through the black hole in the first big bang they're the only things that survived and we're just like living in their world and they and just don't give a shit uh,
1: they're a, what are they cthulhu? cthulhu how do you say it cthulhu, cthulhu? Cthulhu's. Cthulhu's. yeah right kind of they kind
0: of are cthulhu yeah, it's, 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 yeah it's, but they're yeah. microscopic yep. right now those are in line with what I was thinking for my second ones,
1: Aaron. Those things—I've seen those microscope things. They are monsters. I mean, I don't even know what the hell else to call them.
0: <laughs> but
1: I mean, if you look them up, they are literally the thing that nightmares are made of.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean they have—it's no yeah. eyes, just a fucking mouth yeah. full of teeth and claws. Yeah, it's there. Oh my god! And you know, the other things—I was—I
1: was also were uh, deep sea creatures. You know, the stuff that lives like way, yeah, yeah. way at the bottom of the sea. I was think, trying like, to think
2: of the ones for that for my things too. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: You're just... I love the idea, Rumi, the way you were selling yours is like this: these fat little water bear, teddy bear things. Yeah. And then you said it grew giant and then it got muscular. In my yeah. mind, it was giant First, like it was just this giant fucking grub and everyone's like oh look how cute but then like he starts like running every day and starting to <laughs> right. lift and slowly over time
0: that's the second act montage Push Like it to him. the limit he's using yeah he's like bench look pressing buses he's like <laughs> going on the razor's edge <laughs> you gotta give it
1: you're the best <laughs> around what was the movie with like 20 montages was that Rocky Four? Rocky IV is one giant montage. It <laughs> never stops. Do you remember that, Matt? Yeah. Watch it? it is. It's, it's, I, yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. the
2: one with Dolph Lundgren.
1: So
0: many montages in that movie. It has a montage and then a flashback right. within the montage to show a different montage. Mm. Right. It was the
1: montage within the montage.
2: But now you know everything you needed to know about that movie, and it saved you time.
0: Well, it's history. <laughs> I mean, history, I guess, you know. Gonna need a montage. Mm. Montage. <laughs> yeah.
2: I like the water bear. How does it end? You know, get sucked into a black hole. <laughs> we leave. We go to a new universe, yeah, Rick and Morty style. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But yeah. then, then it, the camera zooms into like a plant or somebody's shoe, and they're still there. Yeah. So,
2: I was gonna say do the opposite. The the, the 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 giant water bears now zoom into something small to them, and it's a human.
0: Or maybe
1: it's it zooms out, out, and the entire thing was taking place on the bottom of someone's shoe.
0: Ooh! Bow, bow, bow. I think it has to deep. be something. Yeah, I think it has to be something existential <laughs> on that pad. I like that. I like that. Womp womp womp.
2: Who's got Steve? You got another one? I was. You're piggybacking on I'm water bears, But
0: like the
1: deep sea creatures. I I had done one that was uh. They're called a trilobite. I love trilobites, man. Mm. There was there. There's one that was named after Keith Richards. Her he this Richardsy whatever the hell the science name is for it. So he was basically fighting the, the Keats Richards uh, trilobite. <laughs> but I love, I love the idea that a lot of these are named after, you know, famous people or whatever. And I think that's kind of fun that you can find like some kind of like bacteria or something and create a monster out of it. Yeah, and it being like named after Mick Jagger or something like
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> that's super funny. Fun fact: my grandfather, my mom's dad, he found the largest trilobite fossil in Indiana. How big? I mean, I really? those things are pretty small. How big was it? As big as my torso. Oh, it was wow. huge. It, it was rare. But like, you know, yeah, most of them, I have a, I have a fossil of yeah, one that's like, it's small. like that yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. But like this one, is it's, it's, it's like 32, 32 inches long. Wow. This was a big one. Those it's things massive. are great. Those were like the
1: spiders of the prehistoric age, you know. Mm. They look
0: like giant pill bugs. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
2: When they get that big, though, scientifically, they're not trilobites anymore. They're bites do you remember the dinosaurs attack cards that I love so fucking much? Yeah, there's yeah, try yeah. There's one with a guy with two, trial- with two trilobites like, on his face and he's all bleeding. That one always freaked me out more so than the dinosaurs because I was like, I could see a giant bug eating a person. That sounds like something that could happen. I'm pretty sure there's not going to be dinosaurs Ooh. eating people oh, during man. the course of my life. But I could see a bug the size of a man's head attacking him. So gross. Here's mine, and I'm really excited about this one. <laughs> Okay. It has almost been done before, but not really. I want a at least King Kong size, if not you know Godzilla size werewolf, or at least like a a wolf creature, like on two legs, a two legged wolf. Creature.
0: You want to make Rampage the movie as if it was the arcade game?
2: Oh, I forgot about the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, because yeah, the movie has a wolf, wolf, and it's like
0: yeah, not spikes not and a stuff. werewolf.
2: So I don't know, Steve, you might know this, but Rumi, some guys from Toho, including some suit actors, made two giant kaiju werewolf movies. They did one that was Wolfman versus Baragon in 72, and they did Wolfman vs. Godzilla in 83. If you guys YouTube these, you can find them. Versus Godzilla is terrible. It looks terrible. The costume looks kind of cool, but it is not what I it it just looks like a furry it almost you know what it looks like? It looks like the shadowy creature on the box of Troll 2 VHS. It's just this weird shaped, furry thing. It doesn't look like a werewolf. How have I, I never want, heard of
0: this? What the
2: fuck? I just, uh, oddly enough... Before we even said we were going to do this episode, maybe like a month and a half ago, I saw the Wolfman vs. Godzilla thing, but it's so boring to watch, I didn't even bring it up, because it's Godzilla, it's Godzilla costume, and it's the... How is
0: it not canon, though, that Wolfman has never been in
2: it? It's not a full movie, it's a short, it's only a couple uh, minutes long, and it it almost looks like a test footage, and the test has failed.
1: (laughs) It's not... (laughs) So what if Paul Bunyan turns into a werewolf at a full moon? So...
2: That's so here's my my thought and I like I wanted it to be like the howling like yeah. that tor- that no, type just, of I werewolf just watch,
1: I just watched that actually That's the howling? Yeah, the first one. Love
2: right. hate with that one. I yeah. lo- I really like it overall but like it, it, there's so many things I would change but it is so great. Yeah, oh, that's That cool. is not Yeah, Rumi's Rumi found a cool poster but that's wow. not at all what happens in the movie.
0: Posting this right now, guys.
2: That's really I'm thinking cool. you play this movie like a 50s, you know, sci-fi radiation movie. Where, you know, the attack of the 50 foot man or a colossal man or something like that. And this guy gets hit by radi- some sort of radiation. And this, like this, the same day gets bit by a werewolf or bit by a wolf. Or cursed or however you want to get the werewolf thing going. Then he starts to grow. And the first third of the movie is like the growing man giant problem. Now he's giant and everyone's freaking out and yeah. attacking him. And he either goes crazy and attacks back or he's trying to defend himself or trying to get away. Then there's a fucking full moon and he turns into a werewolf that's like, you know, either 30, you know, maybe 30 feet high or maybe 300 feet high. Either one would be fucking awesome. Now he's a werewolf and I would love them to try to kill him a bunch of different ways and seemingly succeed, but it doesn't work. And I think that movie ends with our, our human protagonist, the human hero puts a silver tip on a jet and flies it directly into his chest, into his heart.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's badass. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. What does Babe the Blue Ox do the whole time this is happening? He also is a werewolf. <laughs> 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 I've had that thought too before
2: though. What if a werewolf bites something else? Does, does something else turn into... Like if a werewolf bought a bit a pig and the pig survived, would that turn into a pig werewolf?
0: Or a pig wolf? Ooh, pig wolf. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is it alien rules?
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> Kenner <our> alien rules. <laughs> Snake alien, rhino
0: alien. <laughs> You're blowing my mind. You're blowing my mind. We, we, no, stop it. Don't, nobody steal this idea. We have to do this.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, now we're, on, we're, now we're on crazy. We should do a... We got to get Kelly Jones and the rest of the fucking Nightfall development team on to talk about the extension of werewolf rules that for some reason in in 300 years have not been discussed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because they always just turn into a wolf. Boring. I want pig wolf.
2: Well, pig wolf or man pig or were pig. You want a pig to get bitten by a werewolf. If and a then pig gets transform. bitten by a
0: werewolf, he transforms into a pig wolf.
2: Pig wolf. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Add wolf to whatever it is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's the formula. It's blike plus wolf equals awesome. <laughs>
1: There's a toy line
2: in that guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be fucking cool. Well, any, anyway, I just imagine Peter Jackson's King Kong, but with that with a werewolf character, with the a howling werewolf instead of of
0: Has anyone Kong. ever done ginger wolf?
2: Not that I know of because I'm it not He turns into a red haired werewolf. Yeah, that would be cool. Ginger ninja wolf?
0: He has to put on sunscreen even in the moon because it burns his yeah. skin. <laughs>
2: Oh man, werewolf is one of my favorite characters, and I just I was like, what would be awesome, giant? And I was like, werewolf. I think that would be super <sighs> cool. What would what, what would you guys What are your thoughts? Because I think you guys, especially you, Rumi, I figured you'd have a boner about that, and you could throw. Oh, uh, it's it's cool so raging! I, like I
0: like it's pulling blood from my brain, man. I can't even think because <laughs> I'm all, I'm thinking like because right now I'm thinking in the sequel. I'm already on sequel where <laughs> they're in a laboratory and he's the, a mad scientist is trying to help the wolf man. He like got him mm. back to normal size. And he's injecting it into bugs for no goddamn reason. So then we get like a were mantis And like it's like a, a mantis mm. wolf. And it starts fucking getting big and attacking people. And he's like, sorry, wolf man. I was going to cure you, but you have to do it one you got to go fight time. this fucking... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> giant mantis wolf. And so he's like, oh, goddammit. So he turns into the werewolf again, turns giant, starts fucking shit up. And then he's like, I can't control it. And they have to kill him again. But of course he doesn't die because there's a... Third one because it's a trilogy, duh, or a series. I mean, you can have as many as you want. But the fourth movie ignores the second and third movie and just goes back to the
2: first. Well, I also love the idea in like in mine in the first one, you'd play it off like a regular werewolf movie, but just at a giant scale. So there's the first time he's a giant and turns into a werewolf and causes all this shit. Then when the moon goes away, he reverts back into a giant human. Yeah. And then he's like you got to lock me up. You I, I'm extra dangerous now when I turn into a werewolf. So now you have that time between when he's not a werewolf yet and you're waiting uh, the audience is waiting for him to turn into a werewolf, but he's still a fucking giant.
0: Oh, but when he's a wolf giant, they don't know that it's him at first. And they're like, there's a giant wolf monster. So you got to go fight the wolf monster. And he's like, "What?" but then he finds a different monster and then turns into the werewolf.
2: What monster could he find? Do you think?
0: Yeah, what is the monster they has to fight as a werewolf?
2: Probably a pig wolf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'd be pretty rad if it was something that he bit that then turned giant.
2: Yeah, actually, that would be cool. You can do a destroy all wolves movie. <laughs> you
1: know? Like wasn't the Godzilla one destroy all monsters?
2: Yeah, destroy all monsters. Destroy all monsters. Destroy yeah.
1: all wolves, and it's just like all the.
2: That would be fucking cool.
1: What mm, would a cockroach what? wolf be? Would it be a cock wolf?
2: <laughs> no, oh. that's. A- <laughs> That's if something else gets bit.
0: <laughs> you don't want it getting bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much if a wolf bites your cock, you're not surviving. You're not turning into anything cool. You're
1: not, but your, but your cock is turning into a cock. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. Amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Uh, this has been great, guys. Thank you so much. Steve, do you want to tease... Where people can follow you? Where can they follow Kickstarter. Monster Manador? Yeah, Kickstarter. Give us all the info. The Kickstarter
1: is running until July 3rd on Kickstarter.com. And you can just search for Monster Matador. Then you can follow me on Facebook. There's Monster Matador. Instagram, there's Monster Matador. Twitter, Monster Matador. Or uh, B. Stephen Prince is my, my main Twitter handle. Uh, you can go to
0: MonsterMatador.com. A lot of Monster Matador. You'll find it.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of hard to find.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a
2: little. <laughs> you really got to dig out. for you this. You really
1: got to dig, so which is yeah, it's, it's challenging. But I'm I'm sure your listeners are up for it.
0: Yeah, man, uh, super fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. You can follow us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod, and our website launchpadpod.com. Rumi, we got to blast this thing off. Let's do a big three-way rocketeer high. Yes, yeah, Steve. You know
2: the handshake, right? Sideways, come in, invert, go up.
0: Ready? All right. Yeah, here we go. Three, two, one. (laughs) There we go, guys. We've been the Rocketeers. Make sure you check out Monster Matador and Steve Prince's stuff. Till next time, we are out. Ignition
1: sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero.
0: All engine running. go we have a look now.